Buccaneers fans live from Radio Row at the NFL Scouting Combine. The Sage is in the house. Ira Kaufman returns to the Combine. He has been all over the place schmoozing like a madman. And we have Todd Bowles, the head coach, on the podcast today. Ira, this is exciting stuff. It's all presented by Bill Curry Ford. Tampa's first family of Ford is Bill Curry Ford. Sage, uh, do you have your zeros memorized? You got those zeros memorized? Do you know what they are? Uh, I, I don't, but I know you're going to tell me, Steve. You don't have them memorized. Zero money down, 0% APR for up to 72 months, zero payments for 90 days. That's on new vehicles. That's the President's Day sale extending until the end of the month, and there's time. You still got time. BillCurryFord.com is where you shop. GM Sean Sullivan, he's the boss. He's the big man. He is our JoeBucksFan.com draft guru. And that's before – that's beyond the Ira Kaufman discount in addition Ira Kaufman podcast is always in effect on top of everything even if you buy a uh, box of tissues at Bill Curry Ford for your car you get the Ira Kaufman discount outstanding mile north of the stadium on Dale Mabry Highway they are just the futuristic dealership is there it's in place 20 something million dollars in upgrades incredible Sean Sullivan is still giving $500 to anybody who orders a new vehicle through their concierge ordering service, no deposit, 10-year roadside assistance, nationwide lifetime warranty on new vehicles, BillCurryFord.com. That's the family name, C-U-R-R-I-E. I'm Steve Isbitz of JoeBucksFan.com. Lee DeCamper of JoeBucksFan is here. It is a, uh, a threesome that you don't want to dream about. <laughs> but we are here at the Combine. Even Todd Bowles talked about that, which is kind of interesting. We'll get to that. Big Storm Brewing Company, Big Storm Beer is Florida's best craft beer. And if you're in the Clearwater area, come to Big Storm Brewery and Distillery and try their new small batch spirits, newly released, all small batch stuff. And uh, they got rolled out some great stuff, Ira, some new cocktails on the menu. Check them out. They are fantastic. 49th Street, just south of Almerton Road. That's the Clearwater Tap Room. And, of course, Florida's best craft beer is Big Storm Beer. See all the new beers all the varieties at BigStormBrewery.com. Follow Big Storm on Facebook. Each location, Big Storm Odessa in Pasco. And you've got uh, Centro Ebor upstairs, Big Storm, and the Clearwater Tap Room, and Amway Center in Orlando, BigStormBrewery.com. Uh, they're in the stores, Ira. Big Storm Spirits are also uh, are there as well. Fantastic. So, Ira, we're going to talk about Florida's Elite Restoration later. Okay, Josh and his people. Give me one Josh and his people. Josh and his people are the best. If, if you even think you might have a problem, that's your first call. And, Steve, you always say it. Call them before you call your insurance people. Right. Now, it's not just a problem. Josh isn't that great. You know, it's got to be storm damage, mold, fire, flood, a problem in your home or your business. Florida's Elite Restoration. Com. We'll touch on them later, but they're there for everybody 24-7. Get that free evaluation. Get their Ira Kaufman discount. Just mention Ira or Joe Bucks fan when you call. And if you need their services, they'll apply $500 toward your deductible or just cash back for your home or business repair. And Sage, uh, you know what? I'm not going to make the people wait right now. Too long for the Todd Bowles interview. We sat down here at the Combine. Leah. Uh, very festive, Todd Balls. Uh, very festive. Yeah, I know. You, you know, this is a common theme on from commenters on JoeBucksFan.com 
Todd Bowles has no personality. He's stoic. I usually probably use people. You get him away from a football field. You get him away from a camera, and he's got a big personality. And I think that comes through. I, you know, I re-listened to the audio. He was obviously in a very good mood, very chipper, joking around. And I think his real personality comes through in this interview. And even, even if he wanted to be serious today, Steve, and speak in a monotone, that all changed when he saw the backdrop that was right here at this table. <laughs> Lee, how would you describe this, uh, this monstrosity or, or a thing of beauty in its own way? Onerous. Onerous. <laughs> well, it's our big six-foot by two-foot Ira Kaufman podcast banner. It's very stylish. It's eye-catching. I was blown away when you showed it to me, Steve. Well, I've sent you pictures. We've had it for years, but this is the first time you've pictures been here. Pictures don't do it justice, no, Stevie. No, they don't Can do it justice at all. Can you say who uh, stopped by today in appreciation of this mural? Uh, the NFL official? Yes. Yeah, 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 Brian McCarthy. That's Brian right. McCarthy He's of the next. NFL stopped in his tracks. You can't miss it, right, Lee? You can't miss no, this thing. No, you can't. <laughs> and then Ira's mug's right there for everybody to Didn't see. Didn't Bowles take a picture of it? Todd Bowles took a picture of it to show his wife. That's how crazy it is. Uh, but, yeah, an interesting day here at the NFL Scouting Combine. We're on Radio Row, the only Tampa Bay outlet here on Radio Row. We had a hell of a day today, Steve. And a hell of a day. We actually talked to Jason Light. That'll be a future podcast. Dave Canales. And John Spitek. We talked to John Spitek for a feature that we're doing. So very busy day, and it'll be busy again tomorrow. I, I don't think we'll hit that kind of uh, grand slam tomorrow, Ira, but you've been schmoozing all around. If I come up with Andy Reid tomorrow, Steve, I mean, uh, you know, Katie, bar the door. If I, if I come up with I the know Super you talked to him today. I got all right, Sage, now Todd Bowles uh, did a lot of talking to the media. We'll have a lot of stories coming on JoeBucksFan.com. He talked privately to uh, the Tampa Bay locals. He spoke at the podium, but we got him on the podcast. And you know what, Sage? Here he is. All right, here we are at the NFL Scouting Combine. The coach is back, second year in a row. This time Ira's in the flesh and not on the speakerphone. We're glad everybody's here. Coach, welcome to the Ira Kaufman Podcast, the pinnacle of your career. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Always. Todd, I'm going to start right off uh, and congratulate you for a heck of a season. Ten wins, a, a deep playoff run. How proud are you of uh, what this organization accomplished in uh, 2023? I'm really proud of the players and the coaches and the scouting staff because they all came together from a culture standpoint, and you don't get this way without having the right people in place. Uh, from Jason to Spy to Greeny to Jackie to all of them all down the bill, uh, the coaches did an outstanding job, just put their heads down and worked at it, and the players, especially the leaders that were here from our Super Bowl run, Levante, Vita, Mike, Chris, Baker with the new addition. Tristan became a leader this year, and I think those guys set the tone early in training camp that we were not going to bow down to anybody, and we were just going to get better from there. And we went over mistakes every week, and you know the young guys had to learn that, but they developed a culture and a mental toughness that really helped us toward the end of the year. What have you learned about Buck fans, Todd, in your five years in Tampa? They're outstanding. I mean, they're outstanding. They're very passionate about football. Um, you give them something to cheer about, they're going to back you the entire way. And they took a lot of flack of us going to be coming in last place uh, this year from the media, and they were being laughed at. And they hung in there, and they had the last laugh. And they're a very proud bunch. They're a very faithful bunch. And, you know, really love having them. Uh, Todd, I got to set the record straight. We got to set it straight initially for the Bucks. Six uh, wins. I, I did. I said six, six wins. wins. I did. Then he revised. 
after he got, <laughs> got a chance to look at things, he revised up to 10. I picked eight, full disclosure, Lee picked nine. So it wasn't everybody saying the team didn't have it. We believed the talent was there. So, you know, I know a lot of times this year you talked about media picking against you, but I think uh, the locals at least knew that, you know, the talent was here and the ability was here. You know, my whole thing was, you know, a lot of people didn't even come down and see what we had. They just said, mm-hmm. Tom's gone, they suck. If you came down to training camp and you actually saw what you saw, you figure we have a chance. One way or the other, you figure we have a chance. But you just, if you make the decision without even looking at it, I, you know, I don't agree with that. If you come down and say, eh, then then I can, I can respect that decision. So, but that's just part of it. it. It motivates you. It motivates the players. It motivates the coaches to get going. So, I understand. Everybody has a job to do. Just with some people would do it instead of just hear it and then say it. One thing I've learned about you, Todd, in these two years as head coach, and and I, and I gotta mean it the right way is, you you are super confident in, in yourself, but not but not to a cocky degree. But like you said before, we think we're gonna win every game. We went into Detroit. We, we we had no reason to think we're not gonna win that game. You you never doubted yourself as a, as a head coach, and no. you had a, you had a rocky start with with the Jets. Well, my biggest thing is when I, when I get up in the morning at three o'clock, I'm not getting up in the morning to go in to see if we can win. Our job as coaches is to find out what we can do to win, and if you have a if or try or I think attitude, you'll never win in this ball game. And I've been like that my whole life. I don't ever let anyone tell me what I can or can't do I mean you it's up to you to prove people right or wrong and I've dealt with that mentality so I have a streamlined mindset of knowing I won't be outworked I will not be outworked and I hate to be out coached that is one thing I really hate to be is out coached and it's happened and it probably continue to happen here and there but if I'm not out coached mostly 90 90 percent of the time I feel like I have a chance to win the ball game you brought this up, so I got to hit you with it. about three o'clock in the morning. You come into work. Yes. And I don't know if that's a hex that Gruden left in your office or not. I don't know, but I got a great, <laughs> I got a great one. The guy worked in the front office when Gruden was around. He said Gruden's always talking about getting up at two o'clock to three o'clock. Three seventeen. Yeah, three seventeen. What he didn't talk about was him being sound asleep in his office desk at two o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> Has that, that happened here? That ain't you, Todd. I have never ever taken a nap in that office. Okay. Once I'm up, I'm wow. up for the day. I'm busy all day, and I go. I wish I could, okay. it's never happened. This guy said you walk into Gruden's office, he'd be sawing logs. There's a big debate on Joe Buck's fan, not certainly with the readers and the commenters especially. It's kind of a chicken or egg thing. Rashad White, at least my vantage point, sitting way up high, he misses a lot of holes that are there. But then a lot of the fans are like, no, 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 offensive line, offensive line. You know, I don't know what kind of play specifically is being called. I don't know what kind of run Rashad White's supposed to do when he comes to the line. So I don't know if he's supposed to be seeing those holes or if he's allowed to hit the daylight or if it's an offensive line fault. Is it the running? Is it the blocking? Is it a combination? What's your take on that? He's going to say it's all of it. Uh, uh, I'm sure. Either or, depending on the game. I thought early in the season Rashad was still learning and he was thinking and he wasn't hitting it as fast. As he got the offense down, he started hitting the, he's hitting the hole very well at times. Guys get off blocks and they make plays. It's a combination of both. Great runners make great blockers, and great blockers make great runners. So it was a combination of both. Uh, did he have a good year? Yes, he had a very good year, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. We can be so much better 
in that aspect going forward if we correct a few things and i look forward to that so i would say it's both yeah but i think the fans are right i think you're right and it, it's a combination of Todd, both. Lee, and I, Lee and i go at it every week on the podcast he says don't run the ball this is a passing league forget about the run game and i was saying well run it if you run it better and you just said before it's about points. Just score points. I it's mean, about points, and it's a passing league, and when you have all those weapons and you can do that, that's great. But when you don't and you have a good defense and you got to rest them some, you try to it, – There's, it's a passing league, but you can make smart passes. You can throw quick screens. You can throw slants. You can throw bootlegs, that safe passes that won't turn the ball over as well. And depending on your talent – uh, your line, your quarterback, obviously your receivers and your runner, you can kind of get away with it. But the more you throw and you're throwing incompletions and your defense is out there a long time, you're probably going to get slammed, especially against more high-potent offenses that you're coming in the game against. So you got to have some strategy. Isn't there it. a value in the physicality of running the ball in there's itself, a, Todd? There's a huge value in physicality. There's also a huge value in some of the schemes and what they're trying to do to you and what you're trying to do to them. But, you know, it, it's, it's, it's with limited off-season physicality now, no one-on-ones mm. in camp, you're taking away a lot of the old-school, hardcore training, and I get it from a health standpoint and a safety standpoint, but you're taking away a lot of technique and you're taking away a lot of, of the physicality. And then when you get in the game, they get physical, but they get hurt because they're not used to it. You're setting me up for a great question here, but to follow up on Ira, what do you usually tell Ira? We go back and forth, pass and run. Say, Ira, I'm not anti-pass. I mean, I'm not anti-run. anti-run. Yeah. I'm big on the pass. Right. However, what do I always say? Whatever's working. Yeah, the, whatever's, whatever's working. working. For yeah. the record, I never say run or pass to my offensive coordinator. They <laughs> have full autonomy to run their offense. Now, fourth and short, yes, I have say so. Two minutes, I have say so. I'm All glad you mentioned that because I wanted to take you to a moment. Okay. Which which was just I was there and it just it just was all like the whole world was passing before my eyes. Fourth and one in Atlanta, season on the brink. Essentially, if the you don't second get that, Atlanta game, yeah, the yeah. second Atlanta game. If you don't get that first down, maybe jobs are at stake and the, the, the team's in a, in a tough situation. And fourth and one, there's the call to Rashad White first down on the run to the left side. Uh, the magnitude of that moment, did you make that call? And do you, do you recognize what that moment was? I said we were going for it. We've been going for it on fourth and one pretty much all year. Uh, had great belief, we had a confidence of where we were at that time that we can get one yard as a team. You know, when I was with the Jets one time, they stoned us on three fourth and ones. So the fourth fourth and one, I punted. I'm not going to beat my head on the ball. So I got killed for it. But you know when your offense is playing decent football and when they're superior on the other side and you better play position football. But the game was on the line. Our season was on the line. You don't go on the road to play safe. You go on the road to win. Uh, it was never a hesitation or doubt that I was going to go for it, and we went for it. You were talking about you know lack of physicality in football, or at least a decrease because of practice methods, and you understand that, and it's about the health, and everybody wants to stay healthy. Pat Kerwin always talks about this. He said tackling is sloppy in the overall in the NFL, not specific team, and he said that's because you can't hit in practice. How true is that? I think it's very true. I mean, there's a mentality you got to have, and there's okay. a part of camp as you go through to get mentally tough and physically tough that you got to get used to the grind. I think the aggression is always going to be there, 
what, without the full contact, offensively or defensively, you're either going to get hurt or you're going to miss more than you make. And it, it takes a while, like four or five games into the season, before you try and develop what you get right there. This is kind of out there, this question, so I apologize if it's a little weird. Outside of football, AI is a craze, artificial intelligence. I've seen this a couple years ago. I, didn't, I, haven't, I don't recall seeing it last year or the year before. These robot tackling dummies, they, they move on their own. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. They do you move, guys still have those? They move on their own. Some people have them. They're programmed. A, a robot tackling dummy is a lot different than tackling Derrick oh, Henry. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I believe that. He's not going to stiff arm A truck you might be. It's more like tackling, <laughs> like tackling Ira. At the trough. Hey, Todd, I, I got a question, and, and I said this to Steve the other day because I was looking at the sack totals. Todd Bowles, 2019, 2020, five years in a row. They're always right there. That's 45, 47, 40, uh, remarkable consistency. And, Todd, let's be honest. Uh, in the beginning, you had JPP. You, you had Shaq Barrett getting 19. You, you had Sue. And now, you know, you got to do it a different way. How creative do you have to be, Todd, uh, uh, until I can get you the next Khalil Mack on, on this uh, team? <laughs> it always starts out not being creative i want to see where we are as a pass rush team before we have to get creative we have it and we have a ton of them but if you can rush for i would love to cover but sometimes it's it's a matter of the quarterback whether he looks at the rush whether he holds the ball whether he gets rid of the ball how smart he is how tough he is how athletic he is Sometimes it's just to scare the quarterback, but if you got four rushers, you won't blitz as much. You will just as a change of pace, but we have to be very creative because we weren't getting there with four. I said that at the podium, but we can be better that way. When JPP and Shaq were rolling, like our base coverage was Saw One. We were getting they were getting there with Saw One and we were man to man corner teams. We're not getting there as much in Saw One anymore. So we have to alter, one, the techniques that they're using to get there, and two, we got to pressure a little bit more to get there. So, But admittedly, you're putting more pressure on your corners when, 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 when you you're blitz that, yes. heavy. Anytime you do that, yes, depending on what kind of blitzes we are. I don't think we are as much on first or second down, third down, but when we're blitz heavy and you kind of know we're getting there, we know how much time that quarterback has too. So the corner's got to have a timer in their head. And it's just a matter of whether they're more comfortable on or off or whether they're in a pick situation or not. We feel very confident one-on-one -on -one if everybody's spread out. Nine times out of ten, our corners will make Todd, that we, play. we got last one for you because Jason's coming over and they, you're, uh, your handlers said you have to last go. Last one, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, from the mentality of the season, some players have said after the bye that they got a little feeling themselves a little too much, a little too, hey, we, we got this. And uh, multiple players have said that. And did you feel that at all in general? And do you think maybe the team took a little too much time to recover from that feeling? Uh, and do you think they grew from that? No, I knew it was going to be a problem because most of the guys we had were young. We were more on the side of youth than we were experienced. Mike knew better. Levante knew better. All the guys that knew better knew better. The young guys, when you take a break, and you're the toast of the town, naturally you're going to start feeling yourself. So they don't they didn't understand the grind right then. It was a time to heal, get better, and stay humble. So once they got hit in the mouth a couple of times, they understood it and they got back to who they were. And I understood that, and we understood that as coaches coming out, what we were going to have to do 
and what we were going to have to deal with. And we got it under control, and thankfully they came around, and they ended up playing great. Thanks so much, Todd. Thanks, I would say a nice you goodbye to the coach. There Thanks, coach. All right, guys. Thanks, coach. Appreciate I'm it. I'm glad to see all three of you guys at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. There's 14 minutes of Todd Balls. We could have gone all day, of course, but he was limited on time. And, uh, Sage, your impressions of uh, what you just heard. I thought he was very honest today, Steve. We talked to him in, in several different um, uh, situations, uh, but we got him ourselves uh, right here on this podcast. And, Steve, when I asked him about the pass rush league, the amazing consistency uh, of the sack totals during the Todd Bowles years of calling the defense, five years in the books now in Tampa, 45 sacks, 47, 48, or whatever, um, and – a lot of it, Lee, a lot of it, uh, since Shaq Barrett was no longer playing like Shaq Barrett in 2019. Sue's gone. JPP, long gone. And the word was creativity. Mm-hmm. You got to be creative. And he prides himself on yeah. that. But, Lee, I, I thought he made uh, a very forceful point. He's not happy with the consistent pressure with a four-man pass rush. I hope not. He's not. The inconsistent pressure, Good. I think. Well said, Steve. Well said. That's why they're always, uh, you know, very high uh, in terms of overall blitz rate uh, among NFL defenses. They're always top five. Um, and just to and quali- now I think he's doing it out of necessity. Yeah, just to qualify it, he is not happy with the four-man pass rush. But when they bring five or more, he's very happy with that. He said that at the podium. He's very happy with that. He did, and uh, I think I think it's important. Ira's uh, is that your red uh, Uber Eats uh, delivery? Ira, what Uber is that Eats. Noise? I don't know if you can hear Ira's phone ringing. Uh, you mentioned Uber Eats. Ira, he thinks of an uh, Uber driver chowing down a cheeseburger. You got me thinking about the Mexican restaurant already, Steve. Todd Bowles, pass rush. We got to mention Ira. Shaq Barrett is gone. End of an era. Buck Sacks King. Fantastic free agent pickup. Five seasons as a Buccaneer, and that was a money move. They're going to save about six, seven million on the cap, but the decision was made. Goodbye, Shaq. Jason Light talked about how painful it was. The, you, you think teams are going to pounce on them, Steve? Well, you absolutely. Your feelings about this move, and then we'll talk about it. Well, we're not surprised, Lee. I think I'm speaking for the three of us. Not we can't really, be surprised. No. He's been through a lot, physically, emotionally, through the years. He's a tremendous teammate. Great representative for the organization. What a fantastic free agent pickup in 2019. I mean, one of the all-timers. 19 and a half sacks. Yeah. And, Lee, you got to remember, he was a part-time player for the most part in Denver. Now, John Spitex was in Denver at that time. He had inside information on on Shaq Barrett. That doesn't mean he thought he was going to get 19 and a half sacks when he told Jason Light, go get this guy. And Bowles has even said that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then he had a couple another, uh, two other very good seasons. Yes. But he slowed down and he had that major injury, Lee. So no surprise in that area. Steve and I disagree. I don't think he's going to be coveted necessarily on the free agent market. I think Steve thinks teams are going to pounce on him for the right price. I don't know how much he's got left in the tank, but he was a fantastic buccaneer. And maybe they don't win the Super Bowl without him. You took the words out of my mouth. Do they? I was going to ask you that. Do they win the Super Bowl without him? I'm not sure. He hounded Aaron Rodgers in the NFC Championship game. He, he hounded, hounded Mahomes, Mahomes in the Super Bowl. He had arguably his two best games back-to-back at the perfect time. NFC Championship and Super Bowl. And I am sick 
of the Chiefs fans, always whining about, man, we had offensive line that were hurt. You scored 38 points in the AFC Championship game. Deal with it. <laughs> well said. Now they got a hole at, um, you know, who's coming off on the edge. Well, it creates an interesting situation of how they move forward, but uh, my legacy for Shaq Barrett, yes, the 19 and a half sacks was fun, set the record, Warren Sapp on the sideline, cheering him on and all that. But uh, bottom line, four sacks in the 2020 postseason, eight quarterback hits, uh, an absolute animal. And, uh, you know, thank you, Shaq. Uh, however, Ira, or we disagree on that, that point, I think when you have a, a pass rusher who's 31, 32 years old, who played every game last year, who, you know, second year back from an Achilles, and everybody's hunting for pass rush talent, and imagine Shaq as a part-time pass rusher. Those guys can make seven, eight million dollars, six million plus incentives. I think he's going to have a job, and a lot of people interested at that lower rate. He's lost a little burst, Lee, but sure. we'll see if we can get it back. I hope, for, in his case, he does. I'm with Steve. I don't know, you know, what he's worth on the open market. I know someone's going to take a gamble. They're going, they're going, you know, lottery ticket. He, he's got a chance to bounce back, and he's not going to break the bank, right? Like, not at, at all. Point, not at all. Not at all. And hey, if he if he does bounce back, it's sort of like when the Bucks first signed him. You got a hell of a bargain. Now I'm not saying he's going to go out and have 14 sacks. If he is signed on the cheap and gets nine sacks, well, that's a hell of a bargain. Whoever signs him, and, and Jason Light did not deny he could come back. Now the likelihood, who knows? Uh, I'm not banking on it, but he could come back, but he's not going to come back at what he was being paid with the Bucks. Well, Sage, we're not going to talk much draft on this podcast, but there's a hole. There's a big hole now. You Lee, got Lee, Ed, Lee's in heaven because edge rusher, Ed, if it wasn't number one, it, it's got to be you know, number one. I've got to be honest. I don't ever want to be in that heaven because that means you need one. Yeah, exactly. But Anthony Nelson, part-time player, backup. I, I, I think he's an outstanding part-time player. He is. Nice part-time Outstanding guy. part-time player. Uh, uh, physical offenses bury him. I don't like that. But he's a nice guy off the bench. He's a nice spot starter. He's valuable. He, he, he makes some big plays. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'd rather have him out there than try and show Inca. And, you know, oh, today yeah. uh, they were, I think I believe it was Jason Light, referenced Marquise Watts, and they're talking about uh, the seventh-round pick last Excellent year. Excellent practice players. Yes, no. Never done it. Jose, never I forgot done his name. Yeah, I mean, come on. Stop telling me he, he's kicking ass and you know, stop that. He's kicking stop ass that. on the scout team. Yeah, on the scout he's team. He's kicking ass so much he can't get on the freaking right. roster. <laughs> yeah, with a, a team with a rough edge rush. So, all right, Ira, what else from Todd Bowles? I know what stood out for me. I'm sure Lee's got something. What else from the uh, coach? His self-confidence, Lee. His self-confidence in himself. He never lost faith in himself. And let's face it, Lee, he went 8-9 with Tom Brady. He got run out of New York. Those are facts. He had a good first year in New York, and then it was a disaster. Fired. He got a second chance. 8-9 with Brady. Brady not used to having losing records. Taking every snap with Brady. He, Brady didn't get hurt, and, and, and he sub 500. And he comes in this year, and what I thought was interestingly, when he was talking to us right here, and you brought it up, he addressed the national disrespect towards the Bucks said they used it, said they used yeah. it, yeah, to their advantage. Um, and he really, I think he's frustrated by it. Uh, was. Even down to specific players like Levane David. You know, why is anybody talk? Even Mike Evans, he, he doesn't think gets as much publicity as he deserves. Well, didn't he pretty much say, well, he, it was, he didn't say this, but the conclusion was it was lazy analysis. We don't have Brady, we'll suck. Yeah, he basically, he basically said, line. 
guys making that determination, two win, three win, four win. Hey, you didn't come to training camp and watch the team, so you don't even know what you're talking about. We got all these, <laughs> we got this, we got that. And uh, I love how they always dance the line of, we don't care, but we care. We care, but we don't care. We don't care. And in our interview with Jason Light, that'll air early next week or later this week, he addressed that too, you know, totally different way. So, you know, it, it is a thing with the Bucks. Uh, I have my opinions, but bottom line is uh, it is part of the, the culture of this team is being disrespected. You know, like, I, real quick, I, I asked Bulls off to the side. It wasn't off the record, but it wasn't part of any of this stuff about, hey, you're going from being two, four wins this year. Everybody's going to pick you as 10 wins. You know that, nine, 10 wins. Does that change how you approach? What do you, what do you think? Just how do you feel about it? And he said, I, I prefer being the underdog. You're a sidler, Steve. That's who you are. I'm a sidler. You're, you're a master sidler. Where's Bill Belichick's record without Brady? Not very good. What's Todd Bowles' record with the Bucks without Brady? Better than Belichick's. Voila. I like that. Hey, I got a topic that I was not, I, I, I walked away dissatisfied. Whether it was Todd Bowles, Jason Light, and I think we even brought it up with Canales. And I certainly brought it up. And I can't get a straight answer. Lee, can you give me a straight answer? <laughs> How are you going to fix this running game? What's wrong with this running game? It's a combination, it sounds and, like. Uh, I'm tired of this combination thing. Nobody wants to address what the problem is. However, we got snippets. Hey, buddy. We got snippets, whether it was Todd Bowles saying, hey, we, we need more size yep. uh, up front. Jason Light didn't say that. Yeah. Uh, Jason Light may not want to hear that. That was earlier today. Was Bowles earlier said today. they need more, more beef up front. Um, whether it was Bulls talking about we uh, we need a, a complimentary back to Rashad White, but and Light said that. But Bulls did say when you're number 32 for two years in a row, you got to fix it. I was glad that he acknowledged it. He I acknowledged mean, it, Lee, he, but I can't get an explanation. Yeah, it sounded like it was a mixed bag. It sounded like you know Rashad White. You know, I brought it up specifically. Was it the holes? Was mixed it bag the sounds of holes? like you don't want to address the situation. I don't think you want to throw anybody under the bus. That's what I think. But I think he's correct. You can't blame everything on an offensive line. That's always been my argument. Ira, you and I have seen holes. We've talked about it. We've seen it. And people bitch about Robert Hainsey. Well, if there's holes there that Rashad White's not taking. How is that Robert Hainsey's fault? That's not. But Bowles said they need someone bigger. And that's a lot of people's gripe about Hainsey. Bowles also said Rashad White wasn't necessarily hitting the holes properly. And that after the season, you know, he was bummed out he didn't get 1,000 yards. I think it was Jason Light that said this that they told Rashawn White, look, if you would have hit the holes like we were telling you to, you would have had 1,000 yards. And didn't Bulls say uh, to us, Steve, in the beginning of the season, maybe the first month, White was basically thinking too much yes. and, and wasn't hitting the yes. hole uh, as quickly as they and, yeah. and he And he got better at it. It's nothing new, but look, I was glad Bulls acknowledged, hey, last in the league two years in a row. Thank you. I mean, that's what we've been barking about. You can spin it all you want. And, yes, it was better later in the year. You wrote your column. You detailed the, the higher running average later in the year, and everybody saw it. But one, I'll, I think, Ira, there's one factor here that they don't want to say, which is, hey, Dave Canales wasn't very good at scheming a running game. And I think that's... But it happened with two different coordinators. I, I agree, but nobody mentions that third piece of the puzzle, which, look, Byron Leftwich was bad at scheming a run game, too, and <laughs> Canales wasn't very good at it. So I, I, didn't think the run, I didn't think the run calls were very imaginative, Lee. They, well, they didn't run outside. They didn't even try. That's you true. You got to try. And, well, Canales has always has always been very upfront. He doesn't believe a whole lot in running outside. He said it's a, it's a fl flip of the coin. His exact words were it's a mixed bag. 
And is that because he doesn't have the personnel to do it, Lee? No, he got that from Seattle. Got that from Carroll. Right. You, right. you run between the tackles. And that's what he was big on right. because he just didn't. Again, he his words, not mine. It's hit or miss on the outside. That was his belief. So he believed, and I do agree with him on this, that if you're successful pounding the ball in the middle, nothing demoralizes a defense like having the ball rammed up between their rear ends and being successful that's at right. it. That's right. And, and that's what he believed in, and I, and I agree with that. If you're able to do that successfully, that takes the air out of the balloon the of the defense. The problem was they weren't able to do it. Yeah. They weren't able to do no. it. No. Uh, Sage, I had a big uh, – takeaway for me and and i'll leave it at that my final takeaway from the interview and i hope everybody enjoyed it uh, share it with your friends but uh florida's elite restoration.com sage we said we were going to talk about them again most insurance carriers require you to mitigate damages immediately so if you find mold you can't just wait two months and oh, i'll deal with it uh when summer comes around or it's going to affect your claim you'll you'll lose your claim period you need help fighting back with the extensive knowledge that Florida's Elite Restoration has, working with insurance companies to get your money, your coverage that you've paid for, for your biggest asset. And you know how much homes have jumped in value. So Florida's Elite Restoration.com, call them first. You will not be sorry. Free evaluation. Just do it. And don't think about it. Just do it. All right, Ira, we've asked about that fade that got the Bucks from 3-1 and one to 4-7. and seven. And I told Bulls, as you heard, hey, you know, players have said we got a little too high on ourselves, and he acknowledged, he did acknowledge it, that the it. rookies couldn't handle it, and they sort of knew it was coming, that you took a break. It was sort of like, we got this. Three and we one at the this. bye, but I thought it was interesting that he said we knew it was coming, that these guys would go home three and one, hey, we're feeling good, instead of staying humble, which was his word, and he said the veterans knew what to do, but to me, it really confirmed the, the leadership disconnect, right? Because if those leaders knew what to do, like he said, man, everybody should have been on the same page saying, look, we gotta, we got to do everything we can to smack, smack yeah. these rookies around in the bye week. Tell them they have to do a secret practice, you know, anything. But, it, you know, learn, they learn as they go. You know what? what the Bulls' explanation for that it was very interesting to me. And you know, Ira, you know I'm a huge Bobby Knight guy. I love Bobby Knight. Bobby Knight always argued you can never learn anything from a loss. Most coaches, they think you can and that you do. Bobby Knight was, I mean, Adam, you cannot lose. You Address lose. your mistakes that yeah, you yes. made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, can't lose, you can't learn anything from a loss. Well, Bowles essentially, his explanation for that was rookies can't become veterans until they go through adversity. If you think about it, that's what he was saying. That they needed to see go through adversity and like, come out the other side. Yeah, that hey, you know, it's not going to be like this all the time. Easy wins. You're not always going to win. You got to prepare better. You got to hustle better. You got to fight better. You got to play better. And I thought that was very interesting. One thing that came out to me, Steve, and I, uh, uh, and I think um, I can't remember if, if, if Coach said it or maybe uh, Light said it, but um, talking about the two corners and they're making good money, Steve. We've talked about that a lot on this podcast. Lee, did you walk away with the impression that they think they're fine there as long as those guys stay healthy? Bingo. Bingo. Yeah, yeah. I asked him that they, question. They keep focusing on the health. The yeah. health. Yeah, I asked him that question. You want to give he, up the most passing He didn't say they football. played well. He just said injuries. Those guys are good when they're healthy. When he said that he didn't think Davis and Dean played together until the end of the yeah, season? Yeah, He said one guy gets hurt, then the other guy, you know, then yeah. he comes back, and then the other guy gets yeah, hurt. Yeah, and it's fun. The fun part of the combine is I know we're slightly mixing up, not that we're getting it wrong, but we're jumping around from 
three different interviews with right. Jason Light right. and uh, three with Bowles and other people. So fun stuff. But we got plenty more to share. Hope everybody enjoyed the Todd Bowles interview. We'll be doing it again. Uh, uh, some of the some of the things that were happening there with Bowles, uh, I, I, you know, I can't even explain what was going on off the camera. BillCurryFord.com. Shop there now. The Giant is here. It's not coming back anymore. Now the Giant is here. BillCurryFord.com. Thank you, Big Storm Brewery. Uh, and Big Storm Distillery, Florida's best craft beer is Big Storm Beer. And, of course, our friends at Florida's Elite Restoration. Sage, a final thought, Lee? A final, final thought, thought for me, uh, leading into Lee. Lee, what I thought was uh, a great line by uh, Bowles at, at the end. I think he was getting up, and, uh, and uh, Jason Light was coming on. And uh, he goes, it's a pleasure to see you three guys here, here together. Because <laughs> sometimes he sees Lee, sometimes he's talking to me. But uh, he knows all three of us. And he loves the fact that uh, he got to sit down with, with all of us at the same time. <laughs> yeah, he's confused. Our last year was just the two, me and Bowles at the uh, owners' meetings. You know, he that's, doesn't know what we're doing. That's, that's right. Then, so. That's right. Yeah, strange. Well, what was your main uh, takeaway, Lee, from uh, just uh, a whirlwind day? Confident. Confident came across. Um, content, I guess. Uh, that, that may not be accurate because the reason they're here is to get better. So, but he personally, he looked like he was content. He's relaxed. Again, well, not I'll, satisfied. But not satisfied. Yeah, not satisfied. I, and once again, I hope people who claim that, you know, what they see on TV in a game, that that's Todd Bowles, that's not, uh, that his personality, I really think, came through in this podcast. He's content for one reason, Ira, because he knows there's no chance that Baker Mayfield isn't coming back. And so that's that's the bottom you know line. What, another what, reason. what a way to wrap up this podcast. Well, that's here's the, the way line. you can wrap it up. We know it. Here's the way to wrap it up. He's confident knowing that he doesn't need have he doesn't need to do another podcast in the Tampa Bay area. He just did the best one with the biggest reach. Why waste time with others? Well said, Lee. I couldn't say it better myself.